Hello, everybody. It's your girl, Natalie, coming back to you with another episode of Entertainment Rebooted. We are going back into the Willowverse, the Willow franchise for episode two of the 2022 Willow TV series on Disney+. And I am once again joined by my buddy, Hara. What's up, you guys? So we are going to be having pretty much the same format as last time. We're going to be talking about some unspoiler kind of thoughts at first and then we are going to be getting into the actual spoilers the part that I always have the most fun with in the latter part of this segment um, just so you know we don't spoil anything on the radio um, that'll just be saved for the podcast version exclusively so Hara what were your immediate thoughts on Willow episode two I was for a while when I was watching it I was like is this just a filler episode because honestly it felt like that for a decent amount of time and then it did pick up at towards the end and I was like I it immediately drew me back in to the next episode yeah it was it was definitely kind of a little bit of a wine fest because um our buddy Kit did not make as much progress as <laughs> I would have hoped but, you know, we're, we're still holding out hope. I'm not giving up on her yet. I There's that understanding that, you know, she's, she's just worried about her brother and wants to do everything she can to get him. I mean, maybe, but she also <laughs> just kind of... I mean, I'm sure that's a part of it. Don't get me wrong. She, I'm sure that she does actually like her brother and is trying to get from us. She just seemed like green-eyed monster to me a bit. But, you know, that's, that's getting into... Oh, I the, definitely got those vibes. Like... <laughs> The vibes were there, for sure. Yeah. That's going to get more into the spoilers later, why exactly she feels like that. But, yeah, she is she is not um, helping her case. And he, to the point where her lady friend, Jade, kind of actually gets fed up about her whining even. Like, she That's even... one of my favorite parts. <laughs> Jade just stepping up, telling her, like... Look, stop. You need to cut it out. Just because stop. I don't know what's going on here. This ain't attractive. Knock like, it off. Shut it down. <laughs> Yeah, um, we do get more information on Mad Mardigan, which I liked because I you, loved it. All of you, if you heard the previous episode, you know how we feel about Mad Mardigan. So, you know, he's the best. <laughs> yeah, um, it didn't really some things about that storyline weren't really making sense, especially in terms of um, how Sorsha presented a couple things in the last episode. I completely agree. Versus this one, I'm like, oh, okay. It like, was like, some things didn't add up here, but I'm going to take what I can get about Mad Mardigan. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's it's better. It's better, definitely, in terms of the representation of his true character, which I very much appreciated. Um, the modern language in teenage angst has continued. You know, we still have that vibe. Some noteworthy lines that aren't spoiler-related that I really liked was, you know, I'm a hard worker. Everybody says that about me. <laughs> and my personal favorite, that's, like, the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that's, like, real. <laughs> <laughs> like, totally the saddest thing I've ever heard. Like, brilliant. Brilliant writing here. <laughs> which, again, like we said last time, it's Willow. It's already kind of a goofy format structure. It's not, you know, Middle Earth high fantasy where such a thing would be annoying like in this it's it kind of does work because it's its own unique charm it's what makes it different 
Borman is still, you know, being the funniest awesome. Guy. He's running circles around everybody else in terms of personality and awesomeness. Oh yeah. Speaking of Borman, I think my favorite quote from the episode is when he sits down between um, the one um, Evelyn and the crown prince guy that was uh, like supposed to marry (laughs) yeah and when he sat down by the two people and he goes you guys we're the glue of this team we got to stick together and it was like they're the three that just have not done anything or had much (laughs) screen time and it's like just the funniest thing he was being so serious like we are the glue just because they haven't really acted out i guess (laughs) yeah they weren't being a kit so i mean i Checks out to me. <laughs> I genuinely think that Alora is a modern Disney princess. I completely agree <laughs> with you. She gives me Giselle vibes. And honestly, I'm here for it. Like Giselle, I do, Aurora, you know. I like, do want her to grow into a more confident sorceress because, you know, that would just be cool. But I think she's got personality. I think she's very charming, and I like her. Me too. I have to completely agree with you. Um, in the first episode, I was like... Is she just going to be a little ditzy like this, or is there going to be more depth to it? And I love that in the second episode, we do get into that depth, and we see, like, her being more than just, like, this pretty girl that loves Eric. She is determined. She is in love, remember? You have to understand, they are in love. She's going after him. That was made abundantly clear. Yeah, of course. In the first episode. So that was that was really good. I I really believed all of the the acting, and I think that all of the characters came across as they were meant to. Again, we still got some issues with Kit. (laughs) She needs to kind of, you know, get off her high horse and back to reality. But, you know, there's still hope. There's still hope for her. We have six more episodes. I am holding out for this (laughs) character arc that I hope is coming. So And come soon, please. <laughs> very soon. Um, I don't know where anything is yet still. I had that whole world-building thing last time, and it's still really not clear, but it hasn't been as important in this episode. Like, last episode, we had world-building Mad Libs, but this one is, like, a lot of it took place in one area that was familiar from the movie. So, I mean, it really wasn't that important. I'm like, okay, I know where this is. That's good enough for now. They're around this area. Mm-hmm. And I think that the music choice at the end of the episode was pretty great. It actually gave me, like, Twilight Saga vibes. Like, I, yeah. Like, you know, the Kristen Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I felt. And, you know, I'm a fan of Twilight. It's iconic. I am. <laughs> it's amazing. I love to hate it. It's, I love I to such, love it, really. I mean, I have, I have fond feelings. I was, <laughs> okay, so that is important to this review because it's, it's the iconic feeling right. of that music that's just like, but anyway, the jokes. Too good. Like, I just have no words. Like, I don't even know how to describe these kinds of jokes because it's like, it's a Willowverse thing, I feel mm-hmm. like, you know? And I it's will just say, so funny. There were a couple that were too much for me. Like, I kind of like the subtle kind of humor that Willow is mm-hmm. really good for. And there were a couple times where the jokes just got predictable and not in the greatest way. Like that whole carriage gag. It's like right as it was happening, I'm like, oh, please don't go this way. <laughs> like, please don't go this way. And they went that way. And I was like, it's not 
by any means saying that it's bad, but I just I do think that the the more what's the word for it like the lesser um the less there is the, the more the ones that you don't aren't like trying as hard for I guess is yeah. what I would say because like if you're like oh okay I have to make this really really funny thing then you're probably gonna go too far mm-hmm. whereas if you just have you know funny characters like Borman like every line Borman says <laughs> is probably gonna be funny. So, you don't really need to try that. Willow is a very funny show. You don't have to try that hard. You don't. To do it. And there's a couple jokes in there that was like, it's not just low-hanging fruit. It's like the fruit is on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get what you mean. But I feel like even those jokes are so, like... Overall, though, it was very um, funny. Like, those jokes were definitely the minority. For sure, and I feel like even they relate back into the Willowverse and, like, have their own kind of, like... They are quirky jokes. <laughs> you know, they have their own kick to them. That's very mm-hmm. specific to the yeah. Willowverse. Like I said, it is not by any means terrible, but it was something that I was just, like, <laughs> come on. I see what you're doing. It's so plainly obvious, which, again, isn't always a bad thing, but when it... Just watch the episode. I can't really describe what the joke was, but just watch the episode. (laughs) (laughs) And there was, I will say, for as quirky as we keep, you know, talking about the show in terms of, there was one legitimately sweet moment. And I don't mean to say that the other parts of the show aren't sweet or don't have any emotional weight to them, but this was legitimately heartwarming to me. And it was when willow's daughter told him he was her hero i yeah that part really hit me it was just so sweet because my heart melted i it was the most precious thing in the world i feel like like just family tropes like anything like with familial relationships they all just hit me very deeply like there's a very specific like emotion attached to (laughs) that kind of scene and with them specifically because you can tell that there's something like that something had happened to their family but we don't know Mm -hmm. what it is at this point and even from a trans it like transcends you know the entertainment story value to a little bit too because i mean i related to that like my dad for a long time it's like and even still today he was my hero you look up to your parents in that kind of way. For and sure. in this case, like Willow was kind of, without getting into spoilers, he was kind of at a more weaker, less confident point. And to have his daughter come up and it's like, you're my hero. Like you may not feel like you are, but you are, was just so amazing. And it just feels so not just sweet, but so impactful of a moment to have in a show that just felt real. Like, this is a goofy fantasy setting, but that was real. And exactly. I think that is, a, that is a really good part about art sometimes, and that is what can lend to these conversations beyond just like, oh yeah, Borman is the best, which he obviously is. But <laughs> in this moment, like, this isn't just some humor that you know, we can giggle about and laugh about on the air or on the podcast. It's like, this is a moment that we can genuinely connect with. 
Yeah, and I'm hoping I can see some more of those moments throughout the series as well because I feel like it really adds to the richness of the entire um, series because although it's, as we're saying, quirky and funny and just like a nice little fantasy series, um, being able to connect that deeply with characters and being able to do it throughout the entire series, not just like a one-hit wonder type of thing, I feel Mm -hmm. like it creates more meaning and depth and connection to the series overall and that's really important Mm -hmm. it's a very very strong relationship they did a really really good job with that um and while we want more of that i will say another great thing about the show to wrap up this section of the review it feels shorter than it is and that's not saying that i want it to be shorter and that that's a great thing but this episode was 46 minutes did it feel like 46 minutes to you? No, I it finished and I was like, wait. It felt like 20 to me. So even I, though... Where did the episode yeah, like go? Even though Hara started off by saying it felt like a mostly filler episode that didn't really get going that much until towards the end, it still felt like it was 20 minutes of content, even though it was 46. So there was zero drag in this a- episode. It absolutely. was very low paced. Like, yeah... Like Natalie just said, I did feel like like it was a filler episode, but that was more so in terms of just like, okay, I wanted something like more actionful, but it was still very fast paced. Like when the the episode ended, I was shocked. I was like, wait, what? Like, how did we already finish this episode? Yeah. All right. So that'll wrap up the end of our non-spoiler reviews. For everybody listening on the podcast, we are now going to be getting into the spoiler section, which is the fun section. So if you're on the radio, you're definitely going to want to tune in to the podcast. Again, it is available on most, if not all, podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts probably. Just pick one. It'll probably be there. (laughs) So check it out. This is Entertainment Rebooted, the Entertainment Rebooted podcast. Let's get into it. All right, so you have been warned. We are now going into the spoiler topics for Willow Episode 2. Obviously, this will touch on the movie and Episode 1 because it is building off of it. So if you haven't seen or you haven't listened to our review or you haven't seen those episode slash movies, then you are going to probably want to do that first. Otherwise, you may get a little bit confused. So for a summary of Episode 2, it starts with a flashback where it is revealed that Sorsha's terrible queening is not a new development. She's also a pretty terrible friend as well. She was very, very mean, and I think Willow deserved better than that. So it is a wonder that he kind of tries to help her at all, was the vibe I was getting. In the present day, Willow introduces the super special Alora Danning, whom no one, absolutely no one, saw coming was the butter muffin girl who fell in love with the captive Prince Eric to his fellow Elwins, or Nelwings. Though she's not as magical as everybody expects the savior of the world to be, which is a little bit of an issue. After about two minutes of her not being able to pronounce the magical spell words, much less properly cast a spell, she is deemed as pretty much useless by most people, all Sorsha's fault, since Sorsha is the one who kept Alora from learning magic. But nonetheless, Willow isn't ready to fully give up on the one chance, the only chance, that the world has 
and he wants her to stay with him and train. However, like Kit in the last episode, Willow does not understand that Alora is in love and she is going to rescue Eric. End of story. Willow's daughter convinces him to follow her as opposed to, I guess, let the world fall into darkness and do nothing. <laughs> Anyhow, Alora has vanished because that was very smart. Borman doesn't care. Kit, in all of her magical wisdom, doesn't believe she's the actual Alora, to which Jade promptly beats her down, telling her to stop whining, like, while everybody else does the responsible thing by helping Alora save the world. Kit's betrothed agrees, fully in Alora's corner. Willow finds Alora and agrees to accompany them to find Eric, if Alora consents to having magic lessons. Win-win, right? Well, only not really, because it turns out that Alora's still terrible at magic and is too impatient to get to the battle spells that she could use to rescue Eric, which, in her defense, that's where I'd want to start, too. Meanwhile, the baddies are gaining on them, questioning Willow's daughter, who lies about them returning Alora to Tira's lean. Why do people keep trying the they went that way? I don't know. Like It, it will never, never make sense it to me. It never works. With Rings of Power, we are zero for two of that working and that's just counting those two fantasy shows i'm sure there are tons more examples where the hey bad guys those those good guys you're chasing they went that way doesn't work don't try it you are lucky especially to survive that. <laughs> almost 80 percent of the time the people that you're telling like the bad guys they're usually able to track things. They're usually good trackers mm -hmm. and can see. Either by magic or by, in this case, you know, cart tracks because they took a very impractical cart just so super special Alora could ride in a cart instead of <laughs> walk or ride on a horse like everybody else, which was funny to me. I mean, even with horse tracks, though, some people can track those. So. Mm -hmm. Just doing the whole, they went that way or they went that way bit is a little, come on, find something else yeah. to say. Why not go with the, I have no idea what you're talking about. Or just don't interact with them at all. She didn't <laughs> like, have to go out hiding. there. You were hiding. You, this is an abandoned village. There's nobody home, right? Well, anyway, Alora continues practicing her magic, blissfully unaware of the evil people that are following them, who were not tricked by the very terrible attempt at a diversion. And the previously disposable prince actually has a moment here. He gives her a pep talk and a nice character building moment for him. Willow contemplates, contemplates rage quitting, confuses us with another vision, more on that later, and the baddies catch up to Alora and kidnap her just as she finally gets her magic flower to grow. She's trying to do this the entire episode. And she finally, with the prince's help, which her na his name is Graydon, by the way, I Googled it. <laughs> oh, I had subtitles on. I was like, I'm going to see these names. <laughs> yeah, la last time we, we kind of, uh, we didn't know what his name was. We didn't remember because he wasn't that memorable. But his name is Graydon. Uh, he is Kit's betrothed. And he's actually a pretty chill person. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's I pretty was cool. actually, I like him. when I was watching, I was writing down like just random thoughts that pop into my head. And that scene with Graydon and Elora, I literally wrote down Graydon actually helping? Question mark. <laughs> Encouraging? Question mark. <laughs> Encouraging. Yeah, let's see. I think I might have written something about that too. Where did I find it? 
Disposable Prince. Yay, he's got talent. He knows languages and stuff. Glad to see it. I hope we get more of that. So it is worth learning his name. <laughs> and then I had in parentheses, I did look it up this time, and it is Graydon. Not as cool, cool as Borman or Man Mardigan, but we can't have everything. No, we absolutely can't. And then Graydon just, is the most normal name. <laughs> I just I just went on after that a little bit about how decent and understanding I felt like Graydon was. And though I did question briefly if I thought he was if he was saying she was amazing just because she's Alora, or is like did you think she was, you know, amazing before Willow outed her? I was thinking but, the same thing. Like Graydon, like, is there like a hidden underlying message you're trying to say here or is it actually just admiration for this the baby that one. saved the world the, the super special chosen one right like i mean yeah and i would could i would like think neither. she's amazing too <laughs> it could be neither you know you could just have admiration for you know the mm -hmm. next person over it's, it's like, completely it's, possible it's not very controversial but... to think the savior of the world is amazing except for where kit is concerned but you know, I don't really care what Kit thinks until she's done some more mental and emotional maturing. <laughs> uh, because, like we said, Kit has no growth so far. And she is super jealous of Alora's greatness, which, yeah, it would be rough going from warrior princess to second fiddle to the savior of the realm. But really, Arya needs to take her jealousy somewhere else. She even goes as far as accusing Willow of faking Alora's identity because she's so jealous and threatened by the muffin girl being more special than her. It's insane. Like, I guess she wants to get to her brother, and she doesn't want any baggage mm -hmm. or anything like that. And so also, she Alora. just can't stand Alora. <laughs> but it comes to a point where, like, you have to work together. Kit reached a point where she was also questioning Willow and questioning mm -hmm. her mother like, yeah, for, like, sure, the kid. things. I'm going to trust you and your zero years of magical experience over Willow, who is the supreme sorcerer who saved the world with a disappearing baby trick. And let's keep which in mind. Which was impressive. Again, I will keep beating that dead horse. That trick was impressive. And his, you know, fellow half-hobbits did not know what they Speaking were missing. Speaking of that trick, that just reminded me of the scene when Willow is talking to little kid Laura, and, like, I don't know, kind of maybe trying to jog her memory a little about who he is and, like, who she is. And then Sorsha comes out and starts ragging on him. She, he, and she's like, what, are you going to do your little uh, disappearing pig act Sorsha again? Sorsha was terrible the entire time. It was time, so like at the beginning too. rude. I was so shocked because she, it's, the her? episode starts off with her talking about how she's the one who sent Mar Mad Mardigan out into a quest and all the, these things. And then all of a sudden, she's calling uh, Willow a terrible sorcerer well i mean maybe she didn't say it specifically like that no i mean she she basically she did pretty because much did, at the but... beginning you know she was she was talking about mad mardigan and you know like everybody from rings of power who has the misfortune of being off screen mad mardigan is presumed dead and she's all she sounds guilty at first like i have sent him to his death oh no i feel so bad which okay reasonable but then why were you, you ragging know, on him ragging in the on first him episode? In the last episode. I remember that insult, Sorsha. You're not getting that past me. Like, Mad Mardigan did not deserve that. And especially if now the story is you sent him away in the first place. Exactly. He was doing what they you switch wanted. up so fast. You he was doing what you wanted. You're like, oh, I never should have married him. He's youthful folly. Like, 
That was terrible. Where was the sympathy for his well-being last episode? And then she goes further and tells Willow that he's not a great sorcerer and he never will be. That is what she says. He's like, you're not a great sorcerer and you never will be. Like, all who Willow, are you? <laughs> all Willow wanted to do was raise Elora to get to, help, to her full Marcia. potential. Because he saw a vision that was potentially like we'll, we'll world in, ending we'll get into the visions definitely but i just i want to rag on sorcia some more because she deserves it like and if Willow, matt mardigan right. did leave i understand why now he probably just booked it ran for the hills because he couldn't handle you anymore he probably agreed with willow and <laughs> thought that Elora needed to be grown into her full mm-hmm. potential because as we've seen in this episode hiding who she was has completely hindered the process mm-hmm. of her being able to know magic and use yeah. magic and be able to help others and, you know, save the world. At this rate, I have a quasi-theory that Sorsha has gone evil queen because, I mean, she's prohibited magic use, right? Which is not something that good guys usually do. She is being mean to her friends and her husband. She is inconsistent and she, you know, this whole thing with Willow and just being mean to Willow, being mean to Mad Mardigan after he's literally just doing what she said. And this whole, I mean, she's not concerned about, as we got into the last episode, she just like sent her heir off to rescue her other heir. She's got zero heirs in a safe place now. And it was a very small group that, you know, Kit left with. So it was like, you do not, you are a terrible queen. You are making all these bad decisions, and you are being so awful to everybody. What has gotten into you? Sorsha is the evil queen. You are making these decisions Allura, that are going to doom the realm. Yep. I don't understand. Laura's her stepdaughter, and Kit is the mean stepsister. <laughs> At this That's rate, yes. how it's playing out. And it's getting ridiculous because she even when she finds out that Laura is gone, she gets all angry, and it's like, we need to find her and bring her back. Like, she doesn't trust in Alora or, like, think anything of... She doesn't even bring Kit up at all, like, her own mm-hmm. child or Eric or anything like that. It's just Alora needs to be back here where magic is banned. And it's like, why doesn't she want Alora to get to her full potential? Or if it is legitimately to protect Alora, where is this care for your children? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Alora, though, let's talk about her for a little bit. She's the chosen one. Right? She is the Lady of Light, the Empress of the World, High Priestess, Queen of Everyone's Hearts. Basically, Absolutely. every positive label that you can think of, she probably has. She's, She's a woman perfect. so special. They arrange for her to ride in a highly impractical cart cross-country. Because why, why would we make the Savior of the Universe walk or ride a horse? That is just so beneath her, right? So, she can't do any magic, but that makes sense because she wasn't taught to do so i wasn't expecting that from her at the beginning i wouldn't have cared if she was magical enough just naturally to do it but it also makes sense that she can't apparently though it's worse than it seems because according to willow the magic one chosen one ability has a shelf life apparently yep an expiration date (laughs) if you will it has an expiration date if it is hidden away or muffled which I never knew that was a thing, and it makes less sense. Again, it makes Sorsha looks 
look worse for having stifled her magic because are you trying to cause the end of the world? Evil Queen confirmed. But that's not even the end of it because the plot thickens. And now it turns out that Alora must be a Holcrux or something. It was established to us, right, that if anything happens to the super special chosen one, the world is doomed. Apocalyptic. You have we have no chance anymore. And then Willow drops everything on us. He drops it's the entire... 180 swap at this point. <laughs> because when... what what did he say, Hara? Oh, you guys will not believe what Willow says. He says he had a vision of him getting up on a battlefield. And the only way to stop that is if Elora dies. Yes, so now the savior of the world is supposed to die. You heard that right. She was supposed to live and, you know, nothing is able to happen to her. Otherwise, the world is destroyed. But now she's supposed to die. So the world can be saved. Like... Are we just done at There has to way? be another like, way. No there way has to be another way. To prevent way. the apocalypse? Or is she a horcrux where it's like, she has to die at the proper moment. You know, cue my Severus Snape uh, voice. Elora, right? come to die. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, if she dies, the world ends. If she lives, the world ends. So unless she's a horcrux, you know... How's it going to make sense? It, it doesn't. You can't have both of those things. But Alora is oblivious to her upcoming doom. She, you know, tries to make herself magic, which she succeeds. Makes a flower. Baby steps. Then she's kidnapped. Remember that guard mentor guy of Jade's from episode one? He's zombified now. That was insane. <laughs> we saw it happening in the first episode, but I don't think we took very, like, serious note of it. It was like... I mean, I when knew something was going down. Yeah, when I saw that scene in the first episode, I was like, oh, let me remember this. And then I kind of got like... just I just forgot about it, yeah. considering everything else remember, that was going on. Remember when everyone was terribly defending the castle in the last episode? Well, he was injured in that. And it's kind of like... I don't know. I want to compare it to the Morgul poison a bit. It's not exactly the same, but it's like... You just get, like, stabbed or sliced or something, and the poison is in your blood, and... It begins to change you. Yeah, and he, he's just gone full zombie, so that's a thing. Um, Kit, like we said, and Alora. I don't understand why Kit is being this unreasonable, even with the jealousy, because... I mean... Why would you react this way? I know it's a teenager's save the world story, but Willow is an expert in all things magic, and you're not. And for all she gripes about, you know, saving her brother, which I believe she does want to do. I'm not saying she doesn't. You want your brother back. Here's the deal. So does Alora, And Alora is the preordained savior of the realm. Take the sorcerer, make him give Alora lessons on the way, and she can help you save your brother. And she at should, this point, she Kit doesn't Alora even to do this. Yeah, at this point though, like Kit doesn't even believe that. She thinks it's complete fib. She doesn't think Alora is anything at all. But why? And that's I don't understand why. <laughs> I don't understand the mind like, of Kit. But I feel like I don't that's speak Kit. <laughs> have, yeah, I feel like that's heavily like impacting the way she's reacting and stuff. But if she lets that go, like okay, you don't believe that she'll be able to help in the magic department. You are traveling 
and you don't know how to make yourself food in the in the wilderness like at least take her for that kind of help you know she can cook for you Mm -hmm. and you need food to survive and willow at least does believe she's allura and wouldn't it be nice to have a sorcerer around like i was saying you should want Alora to succeed be, and be super magical because that would be very helpful. But even if you're right and she, this isn't just jealousy speaking and she truly doesn't believe that Alora is actually Alora, then, well, Willow does. So be like, okay, well, you know, you can come train Alora, who I know is useless, but you think she's Alora. You can come train her and you can help us out, right? Sorcerer would be a pretty nifty thing to have around. It's a little like her mother. Just making terrible decisions. Yes, agreed. But, and then Willow, why is this a question of whether or not you're coming? Like, seriously, Dove is in love and the world will burn if anything happens to her or if nothing happens to her, apparently. So, yeah, Willow, you're coming. Speaking of Dove, the name reveal. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) In a moment of pure, like, anguish for not being able to conjure, like, this magic that Willow says she has, she's like, I'm not anything special. I'm just a bread girl. I'm not Laura, and I'm not Dove. And then I think, was it Borman that was sitting there as well? It was Borman and Willow. I don't remember exactly. Because, like, definitely Willow was right next to her. And so there's, like, a little pause, and then she says her real name. What was her name? Wasn't it like Brunilda or something? Yep, Bernhilda. <laughs> her name is Bernhilda. Borman automatically just like loses it because what kind of name is that? <laughs> she goes, I'm not Laura and I'm definitely not oh, Dove. Oh, oh, wait, wait. This is further ammunition for our Sorsha theory, right? Because like didn't Sorsha like have like she didn't like raise her exactly, but she was the one who like hid her away and hid her identity. Yep. So, did Sorsha just give her this awful name on purpose? I can't think of anything else, because <laughs> who would name their child Bernhilda? Maybe, like, calling... I'm so sorry if there's anybody Ella out there named Bernhilda. Cinderella, <laughs> because, you know, she slept by the cinders of the fire. Like, it's getting stepmother energy again. Like, Sorsha, stop it. Yeah, and Alora even mentions, like, when Borman kind of, like, chuckles at her name, she's like, yeah. I got made fun of a lot for that. And it's like, wow, you could have, like, shut all your bullies up with your little magic powers, but you didn't even know who you were. <laughs> yeah. What a name. Bernhilda. What, what a name. Speaking of names, um, we're going to be talking about Bavmorda a little bit. I, I don't know if she's back or not, but if she is, we're going to have to cue Oscar Isaac because, like Palpatine, somehow she'd returned. I guess. Yeah, I don't know if it's Bev Morda. Like, I definitely got Bev Morda vibes. Yeah, it's like... But it's... I. So I looked it up, and I think it's... They say it's the Withered Crone, which, if you remember from the last episode, was one of the names that was name-dropped during world-building Mad Libs. Okay. So I don't want to reveal too much about it, because I am still further ahead than you, and this is... I'm going to try and keep to this episode... Right, of what I'm, you know, what we know, when we know it, because I'm not going to, I don't really want to use things that we haven't learned yet from this episode. But the Withered Crone is the Palpatine to Bev Morda's Darth Vader. 
kind of thing is the vibe that I get. <laughs> so, like, she's, like, the bigger bad who, like, Bev Morta, like, went to. So, like, okay, I heard yeah, that it's that's her. that's, like, that's then, what, that's the vibes that I got from it. Like, I got, like, Bev Morta but vibes, but time, it felt like. But at the same was also, like, you know, Bev Morta's not really gone. She's, like, part of her soul isn't us, which is, like, I mean, she's not talking about, like, you know how, like, Aragorn was, like, you know, I'm destined to fail because Isildur failed and the mm-hmm. same blood runs. It's like, it, this was not that. No. It did not seem like that. It sounded like it was a legit, she is still an issue. She is still around because of us, which I'm, I still don't understand. I'm further in the series. I still don't understand. It doesn't like, make <laughs> sense because in the movie, she obliterates herself. She obliterates yeah. her soul. And, you know, in this episode, it just felt like the withered crone was, like, what had affected Bab Morda and made her how she was. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, like, the wicked crone. Um, what it, was it? Wicked. The withered crone. Withered crone. Yes. My bad. <laughs> so, yeah, the withered crone. Um, it's like, it's like the next step. And then above the withered crone, there's an even badder evil. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. For, I don't know, but if it is Bav Morda, if she is still around, because, like, maybe this was just a weird way of, you know, them saying that, trying to have, like, an Aragorn moment where it's like, oh, the, the children of this, you know, not saying Isildur was completely bad, but children of this bad ancestor, you know, being haunted by that stuff, too. But it's like, I guess the banish her soul to oblivion ritual was inherently flawed if she's back. Unless there's, you know some kind of a, a shelf life on that, kind of like how, you know, Hela was banished in Ragnarok for a while. And then it's like, Odin's like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, spoilers for Ragnarok, guys. When, <laughs> when, you haven't seen it, go watch it. <laughs> when Odin's, like, dying, he's like, he tells Thor and Loki, it's like, oh, yeah, your sister, uh, my power's been keeping her back, but once I'm gone, she's... Then good luck to you. She's no longer banished, she can come back, so... uh Yep, I'm gonna go off into magic sparkles and just leave you two to deal with it. That's cool. That's cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that is that is the level that I'm that would have to be for the banish your soul to. But what to do you better. think? Because you know, in Ragnarok, um, Odin's death is what's allowing Helena to come back. You know. Mm-hmm. But what is that for Willow and Bavmorda? Like, I, what happened? I don't know, because, you know, apparently Willow's magic is fading, too. So maybe it's just all magic in general. Like, I, I don't know. That we we haven't gotten any definitive answers. This is all just speculation. <laughs> We're on the second episode. <laughs> yeah, we haven't gotten any any answers about that. But, you know, we I did mention Willow, so let's let's get back on track and talk about Willow some more. Because he still sounds hilarious. <laughs> he, uh, he, <laughs> I loved the scene where he was like remaking the rituals that we saw in the movies when he was like trying to become the apprentice for the sorcerer. See, I I was just like banging my head against the wall though for that because I'm just like the bones meant nothing in the original. <laughs> but. Only he knew that. Nobody else well, yeah, but knew like, that. And so I felt like it was kind of sweet trick, that like, he continued it. And then, that is true. I will give you that. But then the finger trick, I'm like, 
couldn't you have just shown the super special birthmark that was enough to get her condemned to Absolutely. oblivion as a baby? Like, that was proof enough for Babmorda, right? That this is a Laura Dannon. She is the future queen of the world. Yeah, and it's the like, finger trick, he was just very desperately trying to give her the answer. He and was. It was, he was I like, felt like it was, was so obvious. Like, he's like, he was, yours, 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 yours. 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 <laughs> like, no. And he's like, she like reached for a finger and he like moved his hands like, no, no, yours, no, yours. No. And then she still touched his finger. Like, that was uh, the funniest. Her just like not understanding. Like, she was not picking up what he was putting down and it was hilarious. And then everybody was like, ugh. Of course she picked one of his fingers. She didn't know yeah. it. She's not anything. <laughs> yeah. It was... I mean, she's learned who she was for, you know, two seconds ago, so... It's, it's, it's a nod to, like, the movie with the ritual with Willow and how he was... He became, like, the sorcerer apprentice. Yeah, it, it definitely was, and I liked it. It's not, again... Me pointing that out was kind of like pointing out the the jokes earlier. It's like yeah. it's not something that I'm like, oh, this is bad writing. This makes this so terrible. But no. I was just like, it's something to laugh at a bit because it's like, yeah, I mean, sure, maybe he's continuing this Bones tradition just because, you know, nobody else knows that it means nothing. But it's like, it was just funny to me because it's like, Oh, I'm gonna, you know, read the bones and stares down at them, and then, okay, we're gonna do the we're gonna do the finger trick now. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, that. I mean, that one was at least legit to some degree, but I mean, you you got a better one. You got sure. You like, for her, you can just show the mark on your arm, unless they're gonna think that you planted it there too. Just like a certain little kit. <laughs> yeah. It just didn't make sense to me how Kit, uh, not to just continuously go back to Kit, but it really does not make sense to me how (laughs) she's just like that. Like, come on, just think a tiny, tiny tiny bit. bit. Even Jade is, like, telling her, she's like, you know, I, like, am the queen's person. Like, I follow the queen. Like, I follow the queen's orders. And she said that Willow did this. And Kit tries to talk as if she, like, you know. She knows better than everybody. And it's just like, you're obviously not listening to anybody in this group, and you're not listening to your mother who actually knows things about, like, what's going on, and you're just going to go off alone when, in the first episode, she froze when everybody came to attack the castle, you know? She froze and couldn't really defend herself. So what is she going to do if she just keeps trying to run off by herself? I don't know, man. Kit is trying my patience and, like you said, Jade's patience and everybody's patience at this rate because she is just, she, it's kind of like how we got into it in the last episode, where it's like, your emotions are valid. I'm not trying to, you know, put that down. It's like, sure, I'm sure it would be very hard if, You know, you are a princess of the realm. You are used to being pretty much the top dog in this. And you were, I wouldn't say she had all the power because she didn't have the experience in terms of the little fellowship group that they had. Mm -hmm. But she was the highest ranking one. She She was was the crown princess. Yeah. So I could see how that would be kind of terrible for her. 
in addition to everything else that's happening now, suddenly this girl that she thought was useless, this muffin girl that she saw is basically nothing more than having her brother's fancy and temporarily. That entitlement. Kit is a very entitled child. She and is like, entitled. I am going to defend her of, a little bit in like this. It would the, be hard. The, it would be hard not to be entitled when she grew up as the crown princess. You know, she's supposed to be mm-hmm. the queen. So like it's understandable that she's entitled, but that doesn't change anything really because she still feels like she's better than everybody Mm -hmm. and looks down on others when she -hmm. could very simply just put that aside so that they can all work together and work better cohesively so they can save her brother yeah that's not really what we're talking about when we say feelings are valid the feeling entitlement that's that's not very valid (laughs) but the jealousy i can understand where that would be coming from of you are suddenly like now you are not the highest ranking person here you are not the highest ranking person your other this other girl who you thought was you know a passing fancy for your brother but little more which you know entitlement not great but now she is suddenly the empress of the world the chosen one now i thought it would like i i don't remember where i heard this but somebody somewhere on the internet (laughs) i know that's very specific said that I want that they they wanted to stop reading books about the chosen one. They wanted to read books about somebody who goes alongside the chosen one and has to live in their shadow. Kind of like you know how Harry Potter's the chosen one, maybe we follow Neville. Oh, that would be so perfect. I love Neville. <laughs> yeah, Neville was great. But it's like something like that where it is harder for people who you know, aren't this chosen one, this super special destiny, because there is a kind of difference there. And as the princess, like you said, Kit is not used to that at all. You know, for better or worse, that is going to be hard for her. So I understand, you know, that feeling. I understand, you know, worry for her brother and, you know, frustration of being in princessy situations that she did not ask for, which we got into in the last episode. But it does come down to the maturity. And again, I'm not expecting Kit to be the most mature character in the show, but there comes a point where you kind of have to take a step back. When when all of your friends, including your lady friend, your bestie, <laughs> is telling you, you're wrong. You got to knock this off. There are priorities here that, you know, she is the savior of the realm because, you know, she's going to save the realm. And, you know, that's what the important thing is right now. That doesn't make you worthless, but you got to stop, you know, talking down to Alora and trying to divide us because that is not going to be helpful to Eric and that is not going to be helpful to the realm. So there, there does need to be more of the sense of responsibility and maturity that Kit needs to find. Absolutely. It feels like when she talks, it sounds like she's constantly just thinking about Eric and, you know, that's like her top priority. She just wants to she save him. But doesn't it's like, act like that, though. Yeah, exactly. If she really wanted that and if that's really her top priority, then she would think about other things rather than yeah. just heading off alone. You know, she has to think about the best case scenarios and like how to best approach. Mm hmm this situation like if i was a laura i would not last very long in that situation in terms of <laughs> not just 
exploding at her because especially since like in later in the episode she even is like look she says the same thing as kit basically it's like i'm not gonna stay here with you i'm i want to save eric that's what i'm here to do that's what i'm going to do you can come with me or you can let me go but i'm going so it's like you guys are claiming to want the same thing so at this rate you need to work together that's an alliance that can go far Mm -hmm. and it's like and you don't have to like each other you just roll with it because that's what needs to happen for your brother but anyway i would rather talk about borman one last time to close off this review because borman is the best like we said he is the mvp with especially that line where he's like i'm not saying i don't believe it i just don't care oh (laughs) goodness like i don't even care that that was in reference to whether or not alora was truly alora it was just so funny i burst out laughing this guy he is the man he's so relatable because why does it matter he is real for that he is the man the myth and the legend he is my hero. If he dies, Disney, you will know my displeasure. His hair is so perfect. This is the most random thing, but, like, I envy his hair. I oh, want just, it. Just wait. It's so good. Just wait. Oh In further gosh. episodes, just wait. Like, I'm, it is. I'm so excited, honestly. You should be excited. <laughs> it's This is such a great show. It's so fun to watch. It's so intriguing. And, obviously, we're getting so into it. And... Yeah. I, I wasn't expect like like I said last episode, I just was not expecting to get this into it. And now we're talking o- over an hour about these things. And it's it's one episode. We said it felt like 20 minutes. It was a 40-minute episode, and we're talking about mm-hmm. it for over an hour now. Which is very impressive because, A, we've been talking for it longer than the episode was. And, you know, even though we felt like there was maybe not as much happening at the beginning, it's like, it wasn't that there wasn't enough content, which is why it felt short. It was that, you know, it was more content delivered in a way that felt shorter and it felt better paced. So it didn't feel like I was sitting there for 46 minutes watching a bunch of filler, which mm-hmm. I have done with other shows before. Rings of Power, I enjoyed that show. There were some moments where I'm like, okay, okay, okay. like. You're dragging a little bit, but in this, is like there is zero drag in this. I will reiterate that. It, there is zero drag. I will watch, like, I could watch three episodes of this at, and start at, like, 7 o'clock. It's, like, three to four episodes, and it would feel like, you know, maybe an hour and a half to two hours, and then I look at the clock, and it's midnight. And I'm like, where is the time? Where did the For time? For sure. It's like, that is what you will do. So if you do binge this, which I recommend doing because that's that's what I'm kind of doing to some <laughs> extent. I'm not officially binging it, but I might as well be. And that's the best way to yeah. watch things. It's like I will tell you the time will very easily get away from you if you do. So make sure you that don't it, have any other things to do that day. That's yes. all you have time for. Yes. And make sure you start early enough. It's like our my Middle Earth marathons. You know, you can't start that at 3, 4 o'clock if you're going to watch all of it. You, you, you got to plan You got to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning and get right <laughs> into it. <laughs> well, for the Middle Earth stuff, yeah. Willow is at least not that insane. You can wake up at 11, start it at like 12, 
I think you'll be good. It's eight episodes, mm-hmm. around 40 to 50 minutes, so yeah. plenty of time. It, it'll take you about eight hours. I can just do that instead of going to work. Okay. <laughs> you can do that at work. I could, but <laughs> I probably couldn't. Sad face. But anyway, that wraps up our review of Willow episode two. We will be back at it next time for the third episode and then the subsequent episodes after that. It is a series of eight episodes, so there is plenty more content to enjoy, not just with Willow, but for the rest of Entertainment Rebooted. We've got a lot going on. You're going to want to check it out. This is Natalie and Hara. Thank you guys for listening. Definitely. Have a great rest of your morning, afternoon, night, whatever time it is for you. This is Entertainment Rebooted.